Shade at Black Girls Texting. I know y'all see my text. You better answer me back. I'm Chels Pinky, also known as the washing machine queen. I'm classically trained. Me, 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 me. It's Glenn at That's My Brat. Wow, you did us. Goodbye. Welcome, welcome to Black Girls Texting. Tea is steadily spilled in our group chat, and each week we're letting you in on it. I'm Chels Pinky, also known as the Washing Machine Queen. I'm Glenn at Bed Brat. And I'm Shade at Black Girls Texting. Today we're joined by the homie, good friend, Dante Doig Acuna. Did I do it right? You did it right. <laughs> yes. Dante has a great voice, so this will be, a, I think, a very uh, enjoyable uh, episode Listen. for y'all, but um, Dante is a New York City-based tech entrepreneur, activist, and musician. He co-founded the art activism collective, The Funky Love Empire for the People, and is now working on the mobile app, Ritual Wellbeing. Thanks for coming, Dante. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It's nice to be well, in the studio with y'all. Yes, the virtual <laughs> studio. So we wanted to have you on because we really want to talk about activism and just have different perspectives on the podcast. Also great to have a Black man on the podcast um, to kind of diversify the conversations. But we play a game with some of our, our guests. It's called On Red or Reply. So if you're here for something, you would reply to said message. Okay. If you were not, <laughs> you would leave it on red. So it's a quick fire game. It might not be that quick, though. Some of these topics I picked are a little bit broad. All right. But whatever. We're going with the flow. So for those who don't know, Dante went to Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do all of that? <laughs> wow. It's another Harvard man. On our- another Harvard man. Yeah, we've been back to back. Harvard men. Who, who's the last one? His name is Dude. Mark. Yeah, he owns a rum brand called 10 to 1. Oh, oh, you know what, Shade, you told me about him. Yeah, he went to mm-hmm. business school, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. I, I don't know. Um, so, Red or Reply, I guess this isn't really Red or Reply. It's Ivy PWI versus HBCU. Um, so, I got to choose one. Yeah. You must choose one. That's so hard, y'all. That's a tough one. Um, I don't know. I just read this book by Booker T. Washington. I'm going to go HBCU. But I haven't been to one, so, you know, I'm shooting the dark here. <laughs> Wait, can you, what book did you read and why did that inform your choice? Um, Up From Slavery. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know that it, like, it was a powerful book. I don't know if I'm compelled by his whole argument. I mean, it was, granted, his whole argument was like 150 years ago. Um, but generally speaking, I think it's important for us to be supported by us. And, and um, there's a lot of risk of, like, leaving the community. Um, obviously, you never stop being Black, but there's a risk of leaving of one's interests, like, in life direction kind of taking you away from actually materially helping your people. And I think I found it actually maintained. It, 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 it takes work to not do that. So, yeah. Okay. We, ha- we talk about this a lot on the pod. Yeah, Harvard right. versus Howard. Interesting. Yeah, I got a lot of friends who went to Howard, too. Um, cool. Keep coming. What you got? All right. 
social media as a medium for social justice on red or reply um reply reply yeah why is that <laughs> uh I see, I see some mixed opinions over it <laughs> um because you said a medium or an arena like i don't know you know what i mean hmm. like okay. an arena no um and in fact i was talking to a good friend yesterday my friend jasmine and, and we were talking about leadership that she was kind of representing the contrary opinion um in leadership in the movements and thinking about whether we even need big leaders and like you know now she had mentioned a couple quote-unquote leaders who are big on social media but are like it's questionable as to how much they actually like are tied up with these movements are beholden to any particular organization or whatever um and there is a risk of like somebody can get really big on social or just be a celebrity and then now they got the they have the megaphone and like you know we talked about this yesterday shall they uh with some social media people who yes. like, you know it's questionable as to whether it's legit so it tends to be a bad arena and also the work is like not work the work is just it's a platform for advocacy and messaging so mm-hmm. uh, which i think is important for, yeah. the, for any action to take place i mean we've seen with the video circulating of george floyd i mean yep. that was the whole like match that lit this whole shit on fire so yep. i think for me, I'm replying. I, I'd, I'd agree. Because I'd, I think as a medium, it's powerful. As an yeah. arena, it's like a false arena. But as a medium, in terms of getting the message out, getting people together, um, it's unrivaled, to be honest. So yeah. this really stemmed from kind of like the, a debate, especially around like celebrities taking action on social media. And I personally leave that on red. I think it's great when like just normal people converse and utilize social media to maybe amplify a situation but i don't know i personally have celebrities should talk about this stuff i just have low expectations of them and i think it's also just my whole frame of mind around like the celebrity voice really changing because it's starting to be like kind of weird that like they become these people that we like hail yeah yeah Yeah. that like now are expected like like this is terrible i actually got this from shaka bars (laughs) Oh God! Speaking up, speaking up. I've been saying this a lot. <laughs> I actually got this from Shaka Bars, but um, <laughs> entertain, enter into containment. No, but but dead ass. <laughs> like um, he's like a lot of these celebrities like don't even read books. They're like not even that educated. So like, how can we look to them to really truly speak on something? Yes, they can post, and that's great, and that's like fine and dandy. But like. Mm. I want to hear from people who actually like study our history or are like active in the movement. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or connected to communities. So like what's interesting is like it, celebrities is very difficult for them to be connected to the community. Like at that point, once you have that much attention on you, you your life is siloed into like an entourage and you know, you're not just walking around doing normal shit. You might one once in a while take the train or something to do just to get for like for fun well, right right <laughs> but you're not really familiar with this shit anymore and so even as just a normal person like it can be tough um yeah like even even to for a celebrity to just voice what a normal person might voice i mean they can miss the mark yeah i agree i agree celebrities um the other part the other problem with it is 
people can feel like, oh, now so-and-so has spoken out. So now it's, now it's done. And that's not always the case. Mm. Like, that person is an entertainer. And that person isn't the man, right? That person isn't, like, responsible for the system. Um, yeah, but that person also has a reach much wider. So I think mm -hmm. every piece is needed. I don't mm -hmm. only want to hear from people that went to Harvard and Howard and read books. Yeah. I don't think that the space is limited to uh, academics. You know, mm -hmm. I think it should be there's space for everyone, black people, white people, um, intelligent people, people with big following, people who are actually going to be outside, people who have money, like we need everyone right now to do something. something yeah. yeah, And I all agree. the voices make a louder yeah, voice. Def definitely. Yeah. That's an interesting question in general. It also raises questions around like when a celebrity uses their voice, they likely know people who are more in the system and, and you know, they are like and also every celebrity themselves is a business themselves. Like they're an entertainment business. Um, and so there are people who rely on them to keep other businesses going. Does that help? To, now, now I'm moving away from celebrity and just like, does it help to have elite people advocating for these issues or does that convolute things more? Because it, the, the elite are never really going to be part of the solution, right? They're just going to like lower their resistance to the solution. Um, that actually leads me to our next on Reddit reply in a way. Okay. Black liberals. Okay. As opposed so, to black. Keep going. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of like the Cory Bookers. All right. <laughs> of the, the world. Black politicians. Black Democrats. Yes. Yes. On the like liberal, liberal side. Even the concept of like liberalism. We've talked about this. So yeah. I had yeah. to, I, I want you to speak on it. Yeah, sure. So I'm gonna just like try to be clear with um, I'm I'm pointing at things that are like nebulous and shape, you know, uh, hard to pin down, hard to really pin down into a label. When we talk about liberals versus progressives versus leftists versus moderates. Like, what is you know what is that? Um, I mean the people, the group of people I would consider liberals are, yeah, you could say Cory Booker. People who come out of like the Clinton Obama consensus. Um, most of it, to be honest, has been in, largely informed by Reaganism. Um, so, like Reagan, Reagan was a pretty pivotal transition in the country's politics, and moved things to the right. Um, in particular, moved things to the right on economics. Um, so, lower taxes, lower uh, regulations, et cetera. But, you know, yeah, L literally classical economic liberalism. Um, so when we talk about like liberals, I guess I'm, that's who I'm going to refer to is people who are good with like that consensus. And my, my overall opinion has been, if you're, if you're liberal, like you're tolerant and you want everyone to just be fine and equal and dandy, but you're not really trying to change things dramatically. You just, you kind of believe that things will drift into the right direction. You believe in some kind of notion of that. progressives. On the other hand, I would say are like, you know, one half step over from liberals or a step over from liberals um, I would say like Warren, a lot of people fit into the progressive camp, but to me, what identifies it is like, you want to change things. Things are not, you, you're not believing that it's all just going to kind of drift into the right direction. You're like, nah, 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 nah. Like, we got to start shaking things up. Something's, something's wrong and you want to change things, right? It's not just like everything's gravy and you want to keep adding to the pot. Um, and then there's like full leftists who are like, nah, the whole system is fucked. And <laughs> we got to have a new system. And I don't believe in none of this shit. Uh, that's that's my like spectrum of 
being a quote unquote, like what Fox News calls uh, simultaneously snowflake far left Antifa liberals is like that whole, 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 whole spectrum. Um, yeah. Just hilarious. Yeah. Wait, uh, so putting liberals on? Huh? Are you oh. red or apply for liberals? Black oh, red or black, black liberals. Black um, liberals. Yo, I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one for me because, oh, sorry, yo. Because that goes back to the question of is it good to change, to soften up the elite opposition? Like black liberals, when we're talking about liberals in that sense, we're talking about people who are basically good with like corporate leadership and basically good with like Wall Street. And, you know, they just want it to be more diverse. So they're like, how can we, how can we make the boardroom more diverse? And I'm like, if the boardroom is out here oppressing people, do we really need black people oppressing people? And you start to get into confusing situations, like black cops in Atlanta beating up black protesters, a black mayor in Atlanta not doing shit, not doing real action for the black populace, a black DA in LA, not you know, again, not helping. Um, and and so it gets, I don't know, it gets it gets tough. I think at the same time, like talking about having black people on the board of things like coca-cola has literally assassinated union leaders like act like straight up assassinated i mean many companies have assassinated many people but that's one instance i know of so maybe if you have like a black person on the board who's committed to not assassinating people that could be cool you know oh great that would be helpful right <laughs> i mean would it maybe it'd be good to you know should we integrate the fbi um yeah i mean if that means there's not going to be cointelpro then it's lit. But if it means there's going to be black people running COINTELPRO, then I don't know what we've solved. So I guess like, yeah, re reply if, if they're going to keep the, 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 the philosophy of our people, if they're not going to forget who they are. If they're going to go, you know, Ben Carson, then, then complete. Or not, I guess liberals, you're right. So they're not going to go Ben Carson. But <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say reply tentatively with like many, not for me Tentative personally, reply. but I'm I'm good with it. I can we can hang out. Reply late. What's I was going to say reply there's slow. There's a couple like a there's a couple dots time. and then you Reply's erase. Like, yeah. <laughs> Come back. Send send the upside down face. You know that you know that little face. <laughs> so where yeah, would you I place yourself one. on that spectrum? Um progressive leftist, I guess. Somewhere there. Um, okay. Probably yeah, overall leftist. I'm good with most uh yeah, I'm, I I kind of like believer which i already kind of said about there needs to be a lot of movements a lot of pieces to the puzzle i'm good with all the pieces in the puzzle but um i personally would go progressive leftist yeah okay our last but not least white guilt fueling allyship oh oh my god fueling yes I, i'm so, i keep i keep not being good at these red replies but. I mean, the word <laughs> choice is intentional, so. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, I'm going to say an answer, and then I'm going to say, like, an alternate answer. Leave on <laughs> okay. red. Okay. Leave on red. And then an answer I would reply to is, or a possibility I would reply to is um, white guilt sparking allyship. Because I think guilt is important. Mm. Mm -hmm. it was very, like guilt is that's the alarm clock right um the one i slept through this morning when i was supposed to oh <laughs> wait did you see that hollywood video of all those white oh, actors God. basically saying did you see the video it's like black and white it's fucking cringe and they're all like 
I okay, you think it's responsibility. cringe. So they're all like, I, I take responsibility, responsibility for every, for every joke. time, you know, someone said something insensitive. I take responsibility. I hated it. And like, what did you all think? Hated it. They were like cry- <laughs> crying and stuff. Hated it. I saw like one picture of it. I don't know. She cracked. It was like the, we had it half of his face black and half of the face white. That one? No, 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 no. Like I think that's the black face. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's a. That's I don't crazy. know what that was. Oh, well, <laughs> but they were doing. They were just like it was a campaign of them saying like. Yeah, know. everybody's eyes are watering a little bit. Their Yo, campaign, I think, is called "I Take Responsibility." I'm yeah, gonna find it. But you know what? I'll tell you this right now. People want to take responsibility for that type of shit. Tell them to look up John Brown. That is that that man is. He gets to have the grill at the cookout, John Brown. <laughs> all right, but that's the only one, as far as I can tell. What? Oh yeah, that. They did not have Kesha in there. What is this? Oh my gosh! Every time it was easier to ignore than to call it out for what it was. Every not so funny joke. Every unfair stereotype. Every blatant injustice, no matter how big or small. I hate Damn, it. Not Deborah <laughs> I know that's my friend. Every that time you explained Deborah away Nancy. police brutality. I love this. This is great. Or turned a blind eye. I take oh responsibility. Man, I, I think it's like, like a Key and Peele skit. This is great. Yeah, it's like, can this be real? Well, you know what? Maybe this is for. Maybe this is reaching the hearts of like their white fans and, and encouraging people to right. just speak. right. So like that's kind of why. So th- this this kind of points at why I I can't I I don't identify with liberalism anymore or like that you know, philosophy of you know just whatever that 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 kind of shit you just showed me. Um, but I don't I, I also don't live in all perspectives. I just come from what I come from. So mm. if that reaches people, and I have friends from Harvard who are white who have gotten maced out here, like. And that, first of all, that shit radicalizes you. you I mean, you'd be like, the police can't be that bad. You show up and they fucking mace you. And then now, you know, that changes your opinion. But like, there, things, yeah, I, I'm not here to like hold people's hand through this into, the, into like, hey, believe that we're human. Come, come over here. Like, that's not for me. But I know that it does happen. And it's for someone else to do the work. And maybe these, um, uh, for which I take responsibility, people are, doing the work maybe that they maybe that's that might be the work that has to be done too i don't know you know what i take it back i don't know if julianne moore is definitely a racist but i played basketball against her daughter and that white team was very aggressive to our diverse black team from brooklyn friends scope well you guys okay, were so playing that's... a game so that's people are and, supposed and to you be. guys are quakers and i don't know if like Y'all, y'all might just been very. Probably being soft. Y'all yeah. might just been very unaggressive. That's true. Yeah, that's Wait, <laughs> would y'all let white people wash your feet? No. What? No, that's like, weird. Like as like a like. That's what they've been doing. Like they've been kink? doing that. They've been cleaning their. They've hands. been like, seen like, this. Like, like they've been no, 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 like, like at toning. protests, like, I'm sorry, I'm going to wash your feet, I'm going to kiss your feet. I think I would let them do it's it. Like all this guilt. <laughs> nah, man. I think I would let them do it. You would let them do it? Like, Just hey. for like shits and giggles. Absolutely oh, not. Would you no. tip them afterwards? Right, right. I know. I would be like laughing. Nah, man. I'm a, see, they'll do, any, motherfuckers do anything. They'll do anything but defund the police, man. Wash feet, wear kente cloth. Right. So that's how I felt when I saw this video. I wasn't like, well, I was like, it's cringy, but. I was just like, 
oh, they're talking about a bunch of microaggressions, which are important. Yes. I would like for them to say, I take responsibility and on the next you know, film project I'm on, I'm going to take a pay cut so that yeah. the black actor can make as much as I'm making. That's what now, I want. That would be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. So, I mean, here, I, I want to just, if, if it's cool with y'all, um, uh, finish up that like spark versus fuel. I don't think white guilt should fuel allyship. I don't think any kind of guilt should fuel you. I think guilt is useful as an alarm clock. Like once it happens, you feel the pang of it and you feel like the disconnect between what you thought you were and what you've actually been or what you've done. I felt good before and it's, it was merited. I've you know, done horrible shit and I realized like, damn, I've done horrible shit and I thought I was a, a different person and I'm not. So it wakes you up. And then after that, like you, you can't sit in guilt for forever. You sit and go, you, you, to be honest, you just repeat the same behavior. You just like that shit manifests through you in a sense, you know. Now I'm getting real shock about stuff manifesting. But, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> nah, but um, I think it's true. And so I think like it can spark it, but then you have to transition from guilt to just like making decisions about what you want to be in your life. And if you want to be an ally, you know, cool. That's, that's a decision. That's not like you don't have to like feel the pain, the pain of it every single day. But I mean, but that said, we talk about white guilt. Do we talk about black guilt? I guess like survivor's remorse, right? Like when every time some bad shit happens, I'm like, damn, like I wasn't there to do that. I wasn't, you know I mean? I wasn't helping. I, am I doing the most I can? I'm worried, I'll have this cushy job. Am I doing the most I can all the time? And I think a lot of black people feel that way. So that's something too. And I, I, I wouldn't say that's a bad thing because um. It's a bad thing, again, if we live in it and we feel bad about ourselves, but if it just keeps you alert, you know, my family's always been that way. It's like, yo, don't ever forget the struggle. Like, yeah, you want to go, like, you want to go, every, we always have big gatherings whenever somebody goes to college and my family's a bunch of old radicals and activists from way back. And every time we've had a birthday, it could be a birthday, doesn't matter. At some point, somebody's making a speech about the struggle and the community and the people. They'd be like, we're so glad so-and-so had another year on this earth because now they could be part of the struggle. They could be, uh, now they could be, you know, this is a game for the whole community. I'm glad you go to college because this is a game for the whole community. And it's like that same constant redirection towards like, look, we have a mission here and don't forget the mission. So I don't know. I mean, maybe that fuels you, but I don't know. And it's, it, it can come with guilt. I think we know what we talk about when we say like white guilt, where it's like someone's it's almost like self-flagellating and wanting you to see that they are self-flagellating. And like, that's the last thing they should be doing. They should be going off to fan the flames that are happening or like whatever, like douse the flames that are, that are happening right now. And instead they're like busy doing that. Mm. Um, yeah. That's my like how is washing a black person's feet solving systematic racism? Yeah. I mean, it can be symbolic. Maybe for some people it motivates. I don't really know, but it seems I, it's, it's also not my job to tell white people. Like, I don't know that I'm super invested in, telling white people how to respond to these things. I know there's been a lot of that in terms of like, how does that you educate yourself, reduce microaggressions. That's not been my main role. Um, I, I, I feel more inclined to talk to my people about this stuff, to talk to about like what we're gonna do. I don't know that like, I'm kind of always surprised that white people are taking initiative on anything related to race. So I'm just like, cool, you know, it's kind of weird to me to wash feet or something, but. Uh, I guess it's in line with their religious <laughs> beliefs and that's cool. You know, I, I get that. Um, maybe it's a form of humbling themselves, but 
I, I don't know if I if I'm the right person to interpret that because um, I think like the, what I what I would ask of white people is like white I would ask white lawmakers or some you know what I mean or press white lawmakers into things, but um, I don't know that I expect them to resolve our issues for us when like it's been 400 years. I don't think they're going to resolve our issues for us. Mm. Yeah. What I will say is they must be feeling real guilty and that must be a spark because every protest I've been to, yeah. there have been mad white people. Definitely. Yeah. Like, I've, yeah. I've, I've seen white people take some serious beatings for this already. Yeah. Which I was, you know, blown away by. I'm like, damn, like, that's, that's solidarity right there. Yeah. It's been surprising. <laughs> it's been really surprising to see we'll how many see. people. Yeah. But but we are seeing you know for what it's worth it's happening now anyway like, and even if someone someone's mentioned like oh is it just a trend I'm like well, shit, I, black music was a trend but it's never been a trend to support black life and freedom so I'm mm-hmm. I'm all right with this trend. Yeah. yeah, we literally were saying the same thing. Like if it's gonna be a trend, shit, yeah. at least people are gonna adopt it, and then yeah. maybe some people will hold on to it. There's yeah. also. Sorry to change the subject, Shade, really quick. But when you oh, talked ahead. about survivor's remorse, and then mm. earlier we talked about Black liberals, I've been having like an internal conflict, and I'd like to bring it to the group. Um, so it's been said that Biden might probably pick Kamala mm. as his running mate. And people have all these issues about Kamala. You know, she was a prosecutor, blah, blah, blah. She, whatever. But I'm just like having this conflict yeah. because I'm like, would it be better to not have any black prosecutors? Like, would that be a better alternative than, I don't know. I right. feel like people are so hard on her and I get it. But like at the same time, to me, she did a lot of different things than yes. maybe a, black, a, a white male prosecutor would have. Like all the programs she created for people who were, wrapped up in the system to get them out of it. Um, that's not something that we see regular white male prosecutors doing. And the role of a prosecutor by definition is going to hurt black people. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm going to let someone else respond and then I have. I'm on the fence on it because to your point, like, yes, it's her job like what is she gonna do like I myself you could be like you could drag me I work for a very now problematic corporation that is allowing hate speech on their platform and you could turn around 20 years and be like Sade didn't do anything right (laughs) about it (laughs) so I I don't want to like give her too much shit I definitely was a bit hard on her but I think it goes back to that conversation around like liberalism and like yeah Yeah, like you're kind of just working within a fucked up system um and it it is kind of hard to just like completely like dismantle the system and like flip the table immediately um but i do like that people are starting to you know question our black leaders and that it's not just like you're black so cool like you're in yeah um I think it's complicated. I think that she herself has had to even reflect. I feel like I listened to something that she was even talking about that. But 
it, it's kind of like what's done is done. She can't go back in the past and undo right. what happened. But I think <clears throat> if she, you know, is moving forward and is definitely taking more action, then great. I mean, like, I'm not crazy about Biden, but it's kind of like, here we are. It is what it is. So would mm. I rather have like Kamala by his side? I guess I have mm. like very low, like, have no faith in this country in making <laughs> much change in the next eight to 10 years. So it's kind of like, it's above mm. me now. <laughs> Just do whatever we can do. Mm. Right. But like, that's an attitude to be like, oh, I don't have faith in the country. And then you have people who are like, I'm going to figure out how to hold the highest seat in this country and right. do something. Yeah. Like she was, when she was doing her debate, she was explaining all the executive orders that she would, if she were elected, um, Put in place to mm. make certain change and i just like i just hate seeing how how much harder we are on black leaders versus white like no one ever even talked about amy klobuchar being a being a prosecutor until like towards the end of her even running like that didn't even come up but for kamala it was like we're gonna burn her at the stake yeah. but probably because it felt like a, a direct like tension because she is a black woman right but is the yeah. alternative only having white prosecutors this well, is our right, system right right all right so my i'm gonna go back to your little red red reply framework i would say leave on red for kamala svp to be honest so um, who would you oh why i would rather have to some degree i'd rather have a white man i, I know that's not going to happen so i would take it's sad to say, but I would probably take Klobuchar over Kamala. Yeah, so I, I know. Here's why. That's a <laughs> face. Here's why. Um, a face. Biden is not. I'm not on the same side as Biden. Like it's important to be clear about that. He is a better adversary than Trump. Trump is a disastrous adversary. Trump, you know, what I mean, like can do things that are cause irreparable damage. And can just erode, like, just having a democracy to the point that it's constantly a fear of, like, are we even going to keep having a democracy? Um, or, like, what is, you know, mostly a democracy, kind of a democracy. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I start with saying, like, Biden is not, I'm not on the same side as Biden. We're in the same universe in that, like, we generally believe in, like, principles of goodness, but our ways of getting to principles of goodness are completely different. And Kamala, if she, her job is basically to lull the working class and black people and people of color and women into a false sense of security, in my opinion, um, in a way that I think Klobuchar cannot. Like Klobuchar's not gonna, y'all not gonna stop talking shit about Klobuchar. You might stop talking shit about Kamala, but you shouldn't. And not shit about her, because I, I also, I give her respect for what she's done. I just see her as like a bygone era. The same as Obama. Like, Obama did amazing things, improving out the dignity of our race, improving out that we could go to the highest office. So did Kamala. Kamala's one of the only black, I think the only black, black woman <clears throat> senator ever. 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 She's done incredible things. So like, that's not to take away from her, from what her accomplishment was, but it was under the framework of we're going to do what they do, but with you know, more compassion and more empathy, whatever. And then we're going to like get to the same offices. But she did not, she, she's not going to disturb the system. That's not what she's here for. So she, was she a liberal prosecutor? Yeah, she probably showed compassion in some cases. She was not uh, a, a real progressive prosecutor. So like uh, Larry Krasner is a real progressive prosecutor. 
um, Chase Boudin in San Francisco is a, a real progressive prosecutor. They are there to shake things up and they are, and there's a real difference between politicians who are there to shake things up and rely on a mass base to back them versus a politician who like <clears throat> tries to come in with a compromise and mostly relies on an elite base, a small elite sources of funding and support. Um, and their job is to basically like broker between what is right for the, the masses of people and what is right for these elites, for this very small number of elites. Kamala is of the cloth of like, I'm going to broker between, and so was Obama. Obama brokered between Wall Street and all of the rest of the country. Between, he brokered between 320 million people and like a few hundred people, which is an insane, like ethically insane thing to do, to count the needs of these very few millionaires as equal or like, you know, worth negotiating um, with the masses. But that's what he did. And that's the position he was in. And that was a lot of our mindset at the time. Like it's not, he didn't invent that model of leadership, neither did Kamala. They in fact excelled at a model of leadership that a lot of us had like had a consensus that like, that's how you do it. You get into the system and you rise to the top and you show what's possible and you, and you do the best you can. And, you know, Obama's like big victory was like, let's use drones instead of like carpet bombs. Um, Cause it kills fewer people. It's in the ethic. It's in the same direction. Right. But it's like, let's reduce the scope of the harm a little bit. Um, I think Kamala is kind of in the same cloth. So the, 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 what I don't like about Kamala is how endearing she is and, and, how smart she is and all those things because fundamentally she's not going to challenge the status quo, but she is going to win our loyalty or at least our like acquiescence. And I think the, the, I don't want Trump to win. I want Biden to win because he's a better at, he's a more acceptable adversary. But what I would worry about is us getting lulled back into a false sense of security, like thinking that the, the mission is done and things are con- calmly rolling. The reason people are on the streets is because people now know that absent their participation, things are not just going to magically get better. And I think part of Kamala's job, like when I saw her go on Ebro and talk about theoretically defunding the police. It's like, oh, do you want to defund the police? Well, the, the job is we have to imagine and get the fuck out of here. We're defunding the police. That's what we want to do. Stop playing games. But she's charming and she's, she's, she is fucking incredibly renowned and, and accomplished and good at what she does. So like, I think she's going to be expert at lulling us into a false sense of security. And so, yeah, that's why I say Klobuchar, because Klobuchar is a charisma black hole, like just zero ability to like. She reach. sucks. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and charisma poli- black hole. <laughs> but, but her policies suck, right? Yeah. And she sucks. <laughs> Kamala, she does not suck, but her policies suck. I would like there to be parity between the two so we can see things for what they are. Trump, horrible human being, terrible crass rude just like just the worst you know you if you had him over for dinner and you didn't know what he did or who he was you'd be like this is a bad dinner guest still wouldn't like him <laughs> yeah you'd be like this is this dude is unacceptable and also his policies water. draconian like just the worst <laughs> possible vision for what society could be and that's a good thing because we can at least align the two and we can say all right that's the bad guy it's difficult to do that. I worry, I worry about that. That's, that's to me, the risk of like black liberalism, liberalism in general is, I mean, Obama was tear gassing protesters too, straight up. Like my brother went to go be a medic at Standing Rock during that, like that was Obama tear gassing protesters. That's crazy. Militarizing forces. Like, oh, it was Obama in Fer- like he didn't control the Ferguson police department, but he let that shit happen. And, um, 
he, on the other hand, he was constantly like persuading us that things would get better, things would get better. But he didn't have a plan for it because he, no one has a plan for it. We have to like, we as a people need to come up with our own plans. But his job was, kind, he's an executive and his job is to, you know, we'll get there, just everyone be calm, everyone get, get there. No, fuck being calm. Like we <laughs> need all hands on deck on this. So that's, yeah, that's a, that's a concern I have. And that's why I don't support Kamala at all. Um, I respect what she has done and I respect who she is. But sometimes, you know, you build scaffolding and the scaffolding is not the building, but the scaffolding allows the building to be built. And I, to me, that's what Obama has been. That's what Kamala has been. And that's what that whole model of like, let's get in there and then let's change things has been. It's been useful to give us like a little, uh, that's how you build the building, but that is not the building. You feel me? The building yeah. should be the, the people having power, not some elite group of, people, of folks negotiating in the back room. I just wonder if this would be different than the Obama era because <clears throat> this could be a time where like Obama was kind of fighting with other branches of government that would not let him do anything. Whereas this time yeah. could be different. It could be it's a different situation. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if that were the case, then I would go with you on that. Then I would say, yeah, you're right. Because she is more likely to concede to the demands of the grassroots than any you know someone else right um because she would lose she needs to like keep black people happy to some degree to maintain any kind of popularity so yeah that's good that's a good point if if the base could remain fired up and see through her bullshit but i just don't know that people know how to talk about that like i don't know that it's very i'm still struggling to to to, to hear more people say yeah i respect that person for who they are but i am going to like fight against them I think a lot of us, are, and I th when we get there, that'd be great. But I think, yeah, you know, well, that kind yeah. of leads me to a, our, another question I had for you. Sure. Right, replies over, but you okay. can you no, can no, no, still no. leave things on right if you want to. Yeah, I just like <laughs> I, I know I know I know it's over. I was just I like the framework. <laughs> no, I'm fucking with you. I'm all, I'm all into um, it. Um, so do you <laughs> think that we have? Okay, the question is twofold. Do you think we have leaders the same way we did in like? the sixties and like the organizations that we had back then that were like more grassroots, but also like in the weeds of just like building a national network. Mm -hmm. And do you think that it's important to have something like that? That's a good question. Um, I think we have some leaders that are in the same mold, meaning that like the leaders you're talking about, I'm guessing tend to be, you know, I mean, of course the two greats, Martin, Malcolm, um, who else was in there? Uh, Huey. Yeah. Huey, yeah, sure, in the 70s, Huey. Um, so you're talking about people who basically come from uh, community orgs of some sort. Yeah. And actually, like, and then federations of community orgs. So, like, the Southern Christian leadership. Exactly. Um, I was thinking of the SCLC, which I was like, oh, shit, this actually still exists. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, <laughs> most things that still exist have, have had to become institutionalized to some degree. So they're not usually going to be as, as, you know, fiery as they once were, but yeah, yeah, we do have people who represent, who, rep who actually come from big community organizations. I think the church structure is different. You know, uh, the SDLC is came out of like, at that time, everybody was in the church in the South and we had big church and, and also the lines are very clear. Again, like another thing we're grappling with in this era is where the lines are less clear. If you are black, I don't give a shit if you're rich, poor, middle class, whatever, you have to use the colored water fountain. 
So right. everyone on the church in the church is basically aligned on at least some issues here, right? And you can't work at a certain job. So like even economically, we just have, there was very clear lines. You know, my family wasn't in this country at the time, but this is the same was true in Panama, right? Like if you were black, you can't go here. If you're white, you can go here. Or if you're light, you can go here. Um, and so it was easier to like say, all right, here's going to be these massive organizations that are going to come together. And then all these churches come together and then they say, they pick a leader and they say, we want Martin. You know what I mean? And they had already been working together. There was already behind the scenes leaders, but they were like, Martin's the best speech maker. He, you know, he's, he has, he got the juice. We want to put him in front. Same with the, the nation. They had started forming their temples and it was really a, you know, community and religious movement also. And then they said, Mount Malcolm rose through that. Um, Black Panthers, they, you know, they, they started a community orgs, um, essentially like community militias and, and mutual support groups and um, mutual aid groups. And then, yeah, then leaders rose out of that. Do we have that now? I, I mean, I think Black Lives Matter, ha- Black Lives Matter more specifically grew out of just being a protest group. Um, it wasn't like there was big congregations or something. But those leaders are still present. I think like I, I still follow, you know, Patrice Colors and, and, and a few, you know, a few people like that. And then Dream Defenders, I still follow them. Phil Agnew over there. Um, but I think the balance of the like the locus of attention has shifted to <laughs> kind of what we were talking about before. Like anyone who's a celebrity really has a bigger platform there or people who are just like big advocates. So I would say like, I, th- I think Sean King had been a, pastor at some point or something but yeah he was he's m- most famous for being an online advocate mm-hmm. and like constantly like bringing up news of things um it's not clear that he's a leader in the same way Martin Luther King was a leader that uh, y'all are giggling out here yeah I mean um, I mean yeah he's a little controversial yeah <laughs> but I'm confused why and I'm I'm I heard that he does really funny stuff with his funds. Yeah, Yeah, and then he posted all his receipts on his page and did a whole thing. And he was like, I'm literally like, I live and breathe this and y'all are coming for me. So here are all the receipts for everything. Yeah, I don't really know. I I don't know. I mean, I think all of us are a little distrustful of having leaders in general. You know what I mean? Like having part of it might just be like a lot of that shit is patriarchal. To have like this one, you know, male leader who is going to speak and save all the people. I don't know that everybody's into that anymore or believes that that's something that we want anymore. Um, So that might be part of it. And yeah, I don't know. It's not like everyone's like, there's no like whisper of like, guys, have you heard about so-and-so? Let's go follow so-and-so. You know, it's more like we out here, we're doing this. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if we need, I think you need leadership. You don't want to have too much faceless leadership because then you can't help hold anybody accountable. And you're like, am, who am I marching with here? Like, right. is this feds? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but, All time. Exactly. Yeah, but I think it's, it's possible to have many, many, many leaders. Um, and we're, we're expanding our capacity for like, in fact, why, why shouldn't we just have more local leaders where it's like, we all kind of, I know the names of everybody in my borough who is organizing and I'm interested in showing up at their thing. And I know that they represent, the key thing is that they represent actual people. To me, that's been huge. Like somebody could be a big advocate, unless if they're a writer or whatever, they don't need to represent people. I just need their perspective and their art. But if they are saying, you know, here's the direction the movement we should take this in. And I'm like, well, who's we? Do you have people? 
do you have people who like are telling you what they want or are you just cooking things up? And that, I think they're, you know, the closer we can get to that, the better I'm, I'm trying to work on that now is being like, all right, how do we source the needs of the, the people in it? Um, who are being affected by this. And when you go to a protest, how do you know that like the demands of the protests are going to be the demands of the people who are affected by these issues, which is another issue I want to talk about too. Soon come unless I quit. Yeah. It's a different topic. Yeah. I think I was watching um, Tamika Mallory and she was, she went on live and she was basically saying that it's actually also a strategy to not have mm-hmm. a centralized uh movement and not have one leader um and to just follow up with that because now people are even questioning they question sean king they question black lives matter as a movement period Mm -hmm. um and angela rye tweeted listen up america beware of the pawns used by the oppressor to assassinate the character of the people and organizations we hold in high regard watch their patterns hue doesn't mean they identify with you they were brought at a cheap price. Remember, you are priceless. That's why, for me, I hesitate to come at black leaders. Yeah, yeah. For me. Yeah. I'm no, not I, jumping on that bandwagon. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I, I think, yeah, I think that's a very healthy perspective, for sure. Um, you, want, you don't want to, like, and maybe there's just something about not getting too invested in, like, someone being a god to you. And then likewise, that person's not Lucifer to you either. They're just, you know, they're just trying some shit out. And you can no, shoot, you can, can, yep. And you can say, I don't want to follow this person because I don't really know if it's legit yet, but like, I'm glad they're advocating for it. And there are people out there like that now who I'm like, this person's huge. Like they're really advocating a lot, but I don't know if I want to follow them, but I'm glad they're spreading the message and we'll, we'll, we'll get there. You know what I mean? It's a little bit, yeah. So like, yeah, I agree with you there. It's not, we don't want to get too much into like, interwars and stuff and like because all that stuff often is kicked off first of all by provocateurs and also by just people struggling to like get along which is natural that's that's how we're all trying to learn how to get along better (laughs) and And i mean yeah malcolm and martin weren't perfect like we now are learning i think a lot more about some of the flaws in in both of them and so i think that that's something that people need to realize that they're like revered as these like godly figures when in actuality they both had their shortcomings so yeah i agree with that so i guess what i want to know is how do people get involved aside from like you know folks are i think going to protests you know pushing petitions signing things like using their voices on social media but like, what what else can you do? At least in your opinion, what else can you do? Yeah, um, that's a good question. No pressure. Nah, I have thoughts. I have longer thoughts on it. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna just start where I start. Um, who is you? Maybe is part of the question, right? Like, well, what can I do? Well, I Shade. mean, but I think I'm. I'm. I want. I want to dive into that a little bit because, like who you are, not you, Sade, but, you know, whoever's, you know, thinking, what can I do is going to determine a lot of it, like, or at least it's going to influence a lot of it. Cause I, I agree with some of the things that have been said by y'all just now is like, there's a lot of people are doing different things and that's cool. Everyone has their own role to play and people have their own like ideologies that uh, bring them to where they're going to go. 
Um, so I, I mean, I, I mean, who is you by like to, to say if you are, you work at Facebook, right? So there are some things. I'm, yeah, yeah. No, no, I don't no, know I, how long that's going to be for because I've just I'm, been dragging them. No, nah, I mean, that's dope. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, there's things you can do at work potentially that could be useful. Um, someone else might not work at Facebook and work at a place that they probably needs to unionize or something. Um, maybe Facebook needs to unionize. I don't know. Um, and then there's, there's like, y'all are going to have basically a different vantage point. And also, depending on kind of what your natural ideology is, I'll tell you to do different things. So like some people, I'd be like, join the Democratic Socialists of America, make it a black organization, and then take radical, you know what I mean? Like push politics in, into the left and do that. Uh, join Black Lives Matter. Someone else, I might be like, you know what? Just read that Ibram Kendi book. Just go ahead and read Between the World and Me. Like, just do that. So it kind of depends on where people are coming from. Um, the, two, the, the two things I tend to think is like, who are you fighting for? Like first, who are you fighting for? And then second, what realistically could you do? Would you be willing to do with your time to fight for that person or that group of people? And for me, I've answered the first question with like all marginalized people, especially black and indigenous people, especially working class. Um, and I say that because I've seen, the reason I'm like, a, I'm kind of reeling out this question but I'm, I'm also not, is that I've seen a thousand lists on social media of like two of these, you know, long, 12, 20 things. I'm like, there's a lot of things to do, but there's not really a compass as to how to approach for the most important thing. And I think part of that is like, we're speaking to many different audiences that are many different people. Um, for me, like, I see a lot of a fork in the road often between a lot of my peers from college and the professional world and the people I grew up with. And the, the rift tends to be like some folks are intensely focused on microaggressions and am I getting the respect I want at work? And are we doing Juneteenth at my office and this and that stuff? And that's cool. But to me, I'm like, look, George Floyd didn't die because he, you know what I mean? Cause like someone at work didn't like his hair. Eric Garner didn't die because like he was microaggressed to death. Like, and many of the people who are more inclined towards the, you know, microaggression and stuff like that kind of deal like i mean i don't think anyone on this call is selling cigarettes in staten island or is walking to a bodega with a fake 20 dollar bill so there's like a different there's a class element there that we sometimes we forget um and we assume that like any particular solution will actually help that but in fact like like you know let's do a diversity inclusion initiative cool but like that's going to affect 200 people meanwhile the fact that we're investing in private prisons and over-policing and the fact that the real estate lobby in New York supports the NYPD to be brutal, that's what gets motherfuckers killed. That's, what, that's why Zoom, when we look at these images in 1968 and we're like, damn, nothing changed to now. Yeah, because most of the progress has been on the elite front, which is great because we need that. But it, for a lot of us, it's like, especially I'm talking to kind of older people who have merged into the corporate world and stuff and um, have made incredible gains on that front to them. They're like, damn it. Like I thought this was stuff was going to change because I thought we were doing everything we could do to change it. But it, it's not a damn, like what happened? It's like groundhog day. And um, 
I think we should be conscious of like, we should see things for what they are and then find our, our role in that, you know, not everyone. So uh, to be honest, I'd say like, the first thing is like, you, you, you know, I'd say let this change your politics, but I, I just mean see things for what they are that uh, a lot of the structures that we're, you know, that we're engaging in are, are wrong. Um, there's a lot you could, the short answer to that is there's a lot you can do to feel involved. There's, it takes like, I think a little more work to do something that actually creates change. I'm trying to figure that out now. Um, what actually is going to create the change. But I think when you look at policing, like police brutality, it's the, the, the structure that is there that controls that is that you have people whose job it is to control an underclass, to control people who are desperate. So those people, what are they, those people doing? What are you trying to control them? Some of them are selling drugs. Why are they selling drugs? Because they're fucking desperate. Some of them are robbing. Why are they robbing? Because they're desperate. They're selling untaxed goods. Why? Because they are desperate. They don't even have access to sell taxed goods. They don't have what it takes to get a license to sell taxed goods, um, like cigarettes, and, you know. Um, they don't have the capital to do things. So this is an underclass. This underclass is useful to the, um, the machine because that underclass will work for very little. So wages can stay low. So taxes don't have to redistribute things. Um, and that under that the police who, whose job it is to arrest the underclass. I don't know this. Many of them maybe start racist. A lot of them, I think become racist. If your if your job is to go like, how do you think dog catchers feel about dogs? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't think they're like dressing up poodles every now and then like cute little thing. Like their job is to apprehend <laughs> dogs that do not want to be apprehended. And then you have this group of people, police, whose job it is to apprehend and control people, human beings that, of course, do not want to be controlled. Like, no human being wants to be controlled. Try to arrest a, a rich white man. See how that's going to go. See the crazy things he's going to tell you when you try to apprehend Jeffrey him. Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, you know what I mean? See, like, they, <laughs> motherfuckers don't want to be apprehended and controlled. And their job is to control these people. So, of course, like, they'll develop a mythology around, like, you know, why did, why'd you beat that kid up? Well, you know, he was being a thug. He was being a punk. He was being disrespectful. All these narratives form, and it solidifies in the American, and this has been the case for since slavery, right? How do you beat a slave? You have to you learn to hate the slave, and then it's easy. Mm. Um, so I think, like, a lot of our attention is not on that. Right, right now, we need to defund the police in New York. What's happening to stop that? Um, the people who back the police is New York real estate because they have property and neighborhoods they want to control. I remember distinctly when, let's say, Williamsburg was getting gentrified, mostly Puerto Rican, black neighborhood and Jewish neighborhood. Um, when it was started getting really gentrified, they were ready to put up the towers. They were past the punk rock gentrification and they were ready to put up the towers. That's when you saw the police vans, police towers, all that stuff. And that's when the police would do zero tolerance for anything. You'd get your ass beat just hanging around in the park over there. And um, why? Because the real, the real estate lobby was like, yo, clean that shit up. Control those motherfuckers. That's who's pushing the police. That's who backs the police right now, the Police Foundation of New York. And that's essentially real estate money. Guess who else they back? Bill de Blasio, who does not share ideology with the police. It's not like he thinks black people should get beat, right? He's not ideologically aligned. He's just beholden to the same group that they're beholden to. So, like... But why? That's why? what I don't understand. Why is he backed by them? You need right. to get elected. Because he needed money to get elected and he doesn't have a big a enough popular. He wasn't a radical politician. He was a progressive liberal politician. But he wasn't like out here. Like the only there are very few people who've actually come up on a on a popular like 
basis. Like AOC gets tiny donations, but she gets so many so of them. Many. She's a massive celebrity. Everyone else begs right. some money from rich people. That's what they that's what they do five hours a day, every day. They on the phone with rich people, talking to their donors, and those donors are telling them what to do. And and they're not saying yes sir, yes sir, no sir, but you know what I mean? But if someone's talking to you five hours a day, you start to think what they think. And you got a, I guess my question is like money. The Blasio, like it's the dub, right? Nobody's voting for him again. Like no one wants him to be mayor ever again. Maybe he thinks that. I don't know. But so like you're in a position yeah. to be like, all right, fuck it. I'm gonna just yeah. cut ties. Fuck the shit up. Yeah. Uh, but he still has to do something. He has to have a job after. He has to and and likely to be honest, I don't think polit- politicians have an off mode. I worry about that with Kamala too, right? She doesn't. She, no one's gonna really have an off mode. You have to be willing to straight up lose elections and not be a politician anymore, and that's what you've been doing this whole time. And you know, I don't know. I, I don't. Know, I don't know what his plans are, but I know that right now he's beholden to those folks. And um, and in general, that's that's how things tend to pan out. So I, I guess when when we say what do we want to do, I think like when, once you see things for what they are, some people are gonna hear that and reject it outright. Those who and be like, no, it's, it's different. It's just the cops are mean or some shit. I don't know. Um, but some folks will see it, embrace it, and be like, okay, but like, I'm not ready to like stop taking certain cases at my law firm. I'm not ready to be like, no, senior partner, I'm not taking this case because I'm not going to represent a private prison or the coal industry or some shit that like hurts essentially disproportionately black people. Um, that's fine. You know, first, I guess, know where you stand in the struggle. So like there's shit I'm not going to do that you know that i'm not i'm not out here um there's a lot of stuff i'm not doing that i could be doing so it's like of the things i'm actually willing to do first who am i fighting for and if i really give a shit about not having no more garners george floyds you have to see things for what they are and then from that point um decide what your role is going to be so like i said my job is not really to explain all these like concepts of like black people are humans to white people but maybe there are some people whose job it is to do that that's great. Do that shit. Do a lot of that. Like, do it every day if you can. <laughs> Schedule time in your week to do that shit. Um, if you have white family that's like Trump supporters, by all means, like, tell, tell, talk to them. Um, for me, I, I'm pretty much like, and I, I guess talking to Sade, as you said, like, you know, uh, I would think try to figure out how you can form a power base in your community and who your community is and who the people you trust there are um, and how you can bring resources that are independent to that. You know what I mean? Like um, I was thinking about that. I'm like, all right, so let's say someone is actually like succeeding in, in, in the white man's world. What could they do? Uh, how could they funnel things? If they're not going to like reject, if they're not going to be like the radical on the board and be like, guys, fuck this shit. Let's, let's stop having a profit making corporation let's like start a co-op start paying people start doing divest from private prisons etc cetera, etc cetera. best thing they can probably do is funnel money to people who are willing to take that stand um and they're they're activists who are way more active than me for sure like tons of them in new york like abolition like especially black women activists and especially a lot of queer-led black women activists and black femmes um who have been the most strident about this stuff and have been in, in, in many ways the fire behind all this uprising, at least in New York. I don't know about other cities, but I think in Minneapolis too. And um, my thought is like divert resources there and see how you can build up those orgs, you know, see how you can build up org- organizations whose visions for the future are not 
beholden to the status quo. And many of us uh, who've, who've, millennials especially, I guess, and, and, and any generation before us have kind of like carved our perspectives and our visions for what's possible into this like very slim mold, you know? Many, our, our generation, our, our year, you know, our cohort is just now graduating from like the Obama vision for like be in the room and like kind of see if you can scale back the destruction and do drones instead of carpet bombs. You know what I mean? And like do rubber bullets instead of real bullets. Like that's, we're just starting to break from that. And it's tough to, for even us to break from that. But the more we can, the better, I'd say. So I don't know. Um, yeah. That, that's my, I don't know if that's satisfactory. That was good. <laughs> you got a ticket to the, the commune. I'll the commune. I got a ticket to the commune. Oh my God, Chade. <laughs> right, well, we have to I'm build not. a community, Chelsea, and I need people for certain roles, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel you. It sounds like every time we have these conversations, it's like so much doom and gloom. Like, can this place ever be fixed? I don't know. What is that? That's so now, here's I'm a question. Out of here. Here's a question. Um, what does that mean, fixed? Like, like I, I, I tend to, I had to hit a lot of doom and gloom. It just might be, I'm a Scorpio, maybe that's it. But I had to like hit a lot of points of doom and gloom to, it's kind of like when you're, in a, when you're in a river or something and you want to know how deep it is, you like take a stick and touch the bottom to know where you stand and then everything's up from there. Okay. And I, I, so the doom and gloom was helpful for me to start with. But above that, once, I set, once you settle into that, and you're like, oh, the world is really fucked up. It's not the rosy place I thought it was. When I go outside and I have an ice cream and I, it's a sunny afternoon, that's not the universal experience. And in fact, like, violence looms into my experience sometimes, you know? Um, I've seen the police do brutal shit during this, like, in front of me during this time. Like, I've seen crazy, like, they tried to run a fire truck through us two Sundays ago, like for real, like they really ran a fire truck through our line and beat the shit out of a lot of us. And so, yeah, it does get gloomy, but at the same time, like we did not create the world. We have been born upon it. And there is like a certain bubble bursting from childhood when we thought everything was rosier. But after that settles in and you're like, so this is the world. It's not broken. This is, this is the world. This is as it is. You feel me? It's, it's only broken according to like what we think it might be able to become. But that's a vision for the future. It's never been, it's not like things, you know what I mean? People say like, damn, black people getting killed every day. No, it's getting recorded every day. Always been the case. We've been talking about it for a long time. It can seem depressing in terms of like, will it ever be fixed? But let me ask you another question. Have you ever been joyful in your life? Yes. yes. Have you yes, ever I been thought. joyful in a world that did not have police brutality? No, because that that world doesn't exist. (laughs) So there's some notion of like, sometimes we're like, when will it be fixed so I can be happy, finally? So I can have this weight off of me, finally. I I mean, you've been happy. (laughs) And it was not fixed. It was fucked. (laughs) But it was also good. You know what I mean? Like, this is the world that we are part of. And we have only up to go from in it, you know? And so that keeps me afloat, for, for sure. You mentioned a couple times about defunding the police, and I feel yeah. like, you know, that's been a popular 
concept right now and it's new to a lot of people and i think within the phrasing some people get confused about what that actually means and what yeah. it looks like yeah. so can you speak to that because i was reading a couple things and one was saying you know opposing uh proposing some alternatives and what it could look like. And let's say someone is breaking into your house and your neighbors could come and deescalate the situation and they'd be trained in self-defense and this whole thing. And I was a little bit like, that's not a little wild. Yeah. Right. But the, but the, but the the, the, like semantics I think are coming into play. I'm just learning. Glenn always thinks someone's breaking into her home. Okay. I know exactly. And I'm always afraid. That's her biggest <laughs> I don't know that it's I would want to call the police. The fucking call- thing I've ever seen in my life. No so one's you, breaking into your house. You know what I realized else. the other day? Have you ever, have y'all ever called the police? I've never called the police. Never. No. Okay. I wanted to once. Just a long time on that man. one. Chelsea's no, I, I wanted to. <laughs> white man. He was kicking down my door, and then what? I was. Oh, oh! Actually, I did call the police, okay. and I asked them to go to his apartment, and they were like, "Well, you called." Uh, so we would actually have to come to yours first. And I was like, forget it. Yeah, there you go. Same. I mean, so I've never, I called the police once because I thought uh, a boat was, actually a boat was sinking. And I was like, yo, there's a boat sinking in the river. And it was, apparently it was like an intentional, they, they were like, yeah, it's cool. We already know about that one. It's, it's intentionally submerging or something like that. And I was like, I was just letting y'all know, man. I'm fucking Titanic in the East River. So, um, <laughs> and, Oh, and I called once because I saw a homeless person that I thought was dead. Oof. I thought it was a dead body. Well, you called the ambulance, basically. Well, I called and I said, I think there's a dead person. Mm-hmm. And then they called me back and they were like pressing me. And I was like, I was just trying to help. See, that, bro, see yeah, that? that's why I think you could call a different yeah, kind of service. They press the shit out like, of you and be like, why did yeah. you do it? I'm like, I'm call- what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the time that man was sleeping. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I think he was just sleeping. I, it occurred to me, I haven't called the police before, like for a crime ever. And I was like, I've dealt with mad crimes. Like I've had, you know what I mean? Like I've <laughs> grew up in Brooklyn, pre, pre hip Brooklyn. And, you know, I've experienced a lot of crimes. I've never called the cops. I was like, damn, I don't even use these motherfuckers. I pay them mad money. I don't use them. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm not a big, I'm not like a, a leader on abolitionism, on police abolition. Uh, like I said, there are a lot of people working on that who've been doing the work. I'm just getting up to speed now. Um, I think Mariam Kaba is like someone who I am reading and trying to like understand what she's talking about. That's, that's what I'm looking at. Um, I think, I, I think there has to be, continue to be some kind of public safety service and investigative service probably. But it occurred to me now, like as I'm reading these, especially these women who are writing about it and doing this kind of work, I'm like, the scope of policing is massive. Like the, when we talk about, so someone breaking in your house, yeah, it's possible you need some kind of public safety for that, um, for sure. If they can get their own time, which in mo- many communities, they're not even getting their own time. Uh, and it is actually pretty rare to have the police pop up and like stop a crime before it happens. Because most crimes are not like, they're not like, you know, so they're setting up my, outside of my house, like come in the next 30 <laughs> minutes. They're like, they're scoping it out. They're, they're approaching. Right. Like, I don't know how big your front yard is to, for that to be the case. But um, the scope of policing is massive and they have resources, tremendous amounts of resources. I will say the thoughts around it are currently convoluted unintentionally and intentionally because some people are saying defund the police, dismantle the whole motherfucker. And some people are saying, yeah, defund the police, but let's not, you know, let's not, let's just take a little bit off. I'm not sure what defunding them by 1 billion would do, if not be the start to like actual 
reshaping of the whole thing. But I think the whole thing needs to be reshaped. I think a lot of, in the event that people are laid off, we probably need to rehabilitate a lot of these police officers the same way we rehabilitate gang members because they've been trained with ideologies of violence and dominance. And many of them have, um, have trauma and hurt from likely from their childhoods. You know, many of them are, you can kind of tell are victims of the patriarchy or at least of like, you know, a crazy ass dad. You can just kind of, you can just always smell on somebody when they're like, yo, your dad messed you up, man. You know, like the way they grip those batons, I'm like, your dad messed you up, but they need to be rehabilitated. A lot of them. Um, and in terms of like the issues that they, that they solve, like should cops come to help a someone who has maybe died from overdose or something? Like, I don't really think so. So there's probably other services that can be funded to do that. And in terms of like de-escalation, like there are things that it's not true that like you can necessarily de-escalate somebody who's 100% on intent on robbing you and armed, but it is potentially true that uh, a lot of the spats, like, you know, someone, there's a brawl called the cops. Should you call the cops? Like two people had a dispute or a group of people had a dispute. Like, is that, are the cops the right, are they going to remedy this? Um, even domestic violence, I don't really know because I'm not, I, I'm not the right person to speak on it, but I've heard people say like a lot of people will suffer retribution for the cops being called. Um, I don't know. I think the, there is a greater role for the community to play in that um, and for people to deescalate. I've definitely jumped in the middle of domestic violence feuds in the street multiple times. And if anything, I think the value was saying like, yo, we, the community see you. Like we, they were not going to let this slide. Like it's not even like, oh, what if the cops show up? No, we all see you, and you have to understand it's not right. Um, so I think, I, yeah, I'm I'm in favor of redoing the security apparatus overall, and in creating like, it's also interesting. I was talking to a homie. He was like, oh my cousin. He was like, yeah, like the thing is, if you're really in the hood, like sometimes people just let shit slide. They'll just see some crazy shit go down, and they're just like. Whatever I'm not getting. I was like, yeah. To some degree, our muscles have atrophied around how to intervene. Um, we haven't been building up that mechanism. We've had this external force, people that don't live in these communities, people that don't give a shit about these communities, come in and regulate. And on the one hand, that damages a lot of lives. I think the the biggest realization or the biggest thing to come out of this is like we're re- we're recognizing that police are overall disrupting the lives of the the poor, working class, black, Latino, indigenous, all that, especially black. And they've been, they're coming into communities and fucking up the fabric of the community. And so there's active harm. And then there's the harm that comes from like, you atrophy from not intervening. You don't learn how to deescalate. And if you don't learn how to deescalate, then yes, theoretically you would need a cop to like solve it, but it's not a great solution. You know? Yeah, I feel like it's just the fact that it's also like a, a profitable yeah. organization. Yeah. It's very problematic Yeah, because not only is there like a desire to, you know, reach your quota or whatever, the, it, it, I think, skews the mindset of like their purpose. Mm. So that absolutely fucks me up. Like, yeah. I would be fine with having police if it wasn't like, well, I have to give you this ticket because the city of New York needs to make money. 
needs <laughs> to make really money. And and who and, and I think we forget a lot, like who is the city of New York that need, quote unquote needs to make money, and who is the people that say police in this manner. So like one thing I'm, I I definitely want to emphasize is to all the people who are, I would say largely in my cohort, like come from you know colleges, like elite colleges, and and are in the the black liberal uh, trajectory. The only way to solve these things is to redistribute power to the people. Like they've been saying that shit since the 70s and I figured out why finally. Like power to the people means more than just like feel empowered. It means actually control the levers of power. Because George Floyd's like th- that cop is not accountable was not accountable to George Floyd's family until everyone overturned the table. But that cop is accountable to the rich residents of Minneapolis. And we don't pay attention to that. We're we're very intent on like are these cops racist? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know if it really matters if they're specifically racist. What really fucking matters is that they don't answer to us. They don't answer to the poor. They don't answer to the black. So until we start, like, I've been starting to think about, like, how much police brutality is basically just a campaign finance issue. And so, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely starting to sound like a broken record, but I think it's important for us to orient ourselves that way to realize, like, in order for these community safety things to happen, for these quotas to be disrupted, it can't just be like a top-down policy of like, we're going to, which is why I'm, I'm not so much interested in like the chokehold is illegal. This is that like we're having these edicts from the top or the Kamala Harris's many executive orders. I don't think that's really the solution. Uh, those things can be ignored and, and ultimately they don't redistribute power. What has to happen in my opinion is like the communities out themselves need to have real power. Um, and that, that's hairy, because then you start saying like, all right, well, does that, now the Upper East Side has to share power with East New York. Do they want to do that? Are they ready to do that? If you're a white ally on the Upper East Side, are you ready to share real political power with East New York and make sure that the systems that run this city do not, are not just controlled from East, Upper East Side? You know what I mean? Um, who, hires the, who hires the DAs? Who, or who funds the DAs for the elections? Who funds the judges? Who funds the mayor? then the mayor hires a police commissioner right now the highest bidder funds all these people so how's that going to pan out in terms of policing you know the same cops who are anti-black are also anti-semitic are also homophobic are also misogynist they get to express these things in the places where they're allowed to express them they, they used to express them in the west village until stonewall until until beyond stonewall until stone the west village became posh and now they can't do a motherfucking thing out there in the West Village. They would like, some of them would, I guarantee you, are very homophobic and they would like to bash some heads there too. Some of them are very anti-Semitic and they would like to bash heads on the Upper East Side. But the power has shifted, so they can't. Um, and I'm not a fan of saying like, yeah, black people just need to become like the chosen people and then we'll like rise up. No, 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 we need to redistribute power in general. Like right now. Chad Day is like, black people are chosen people. Fair yeah. enough. I'm but, not of being the chosen people. I, hey. But what I mean is that we can't wait another hundred years until we're all rich and then we'll be like, no more cops beating us. They just go beat the Mexicans or something. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, we just need to get the fuck out of here. Because this York is, country was never built for us to be successful. We need to go make our own shit. Get the fuck out of here. Stop to, trying to even accrue mm-hmm. all this wealth. Because it's unnecessary. I, I mean, why can't we have a how? Why can't we have a city? Let's say just even a city. Are y'all all in New York or in a different place? Chelsea and I are. You know, I'm, I'm not. In New York. Yeah, I'm not. But you, you know, based in New York, we come back to you. 
Um, Why can't we have a city where there's just, where the people actually control every, you know, where there's not elite money and everything and people actually have the total franchisement and they can vote on everything. And there's community councils that are actually potent and there's, you know, uh, elected oversight. And in terms of what the police would be, I mean, I would like it to no longer be quote unquote the police because I think the institution itself has rotted. Um, I could see it reforming in a new organization that's like, first of all, less funded and a lot more social services. And I mean, there's a lot of good things that are possible here. Like summer in New York is still the best thing in the world, man. You know, Uh, do you know about Camden, New Jersey, and when they dismantled the police? No. Tell me about that. Um, Camden. Yes. Camden was dangerous. It was one of the most dangerous (laughs) places, but obviously when you over police a community, you're going to find more crime. Right. So um, the way how I understand it is that you can reform the police, defund the police, dismantle the police okay reform looks like body cameras de-escalation techniques um take out the chokehold we know that doesn't work although it's the most popular solution it doesn't work people cover up their body cameras they continue to escalate you can give them anti-bias training they're still going into the black neighborhoods because it's low-hanging fruit for them um and then you have defunding which I think is the way to go where you don't need, like I was walking past the union square and a guy was like throwing his shirt. I think he was mentally ill probably. Mm-hmm. And he was like throwing his stuff at the statue at union square. And when I tell you about 200 police officers came running over there, I was like, did y'all, did we need all these? Who's paying all these people? We well, don't us, need all of them. Us, literally. You, you are. <laughs> so basically defunding them from what I understand is we don't need as many of them and the money just needs to be redistributed. Like why are some schools, why do some public schools have police officers, but they don't have a school nurse or they have police officers and they don't have guidance counselors. (laughs) It's literally one-to-one. Like they don't have the less guidance counselors they have, the more cops they need. Right. right? So we just need to redistribute the money. I believe we still need police officers. If I'm getting my ass beat, and my neighbors aren't doing shit, I need to be able to call someone. But yep. I think I think if, I think a lot of, well, okay, most 911 calls are for health, physical health, or like mental health. And they've interviewed police officers and the police officers have said, we don't feel equipped to handle mental health issues. Yep. Like there need to be mental health professionals yep. who are given funds to like make that their job. You know what I'm saying? Um, And then dismantling is what happened in Camden, which Mm. I encourage you all to do more research on. But basically, they like dismantled the whole police force. Everyone was Mm. fired. And then they started fresh. Like, so some of the old police officers like applied again. And there was all this like retraining. And now the police, like, first of all, crime has dropped in Camden. Police officers are people from the communities. Like, mm-hmm. you know your police officers. Like, they're doing stuff for the community. So it's just like a whole... They're still police, but it's just like a whole nother thing. Yeah. Like, they just closed all the police officers, fired them all, and started fresh. I'm but into, that's rare. I'm into that. I think that's interesting. I th- that, that, to me, is compelling. I would need to look into that. I would still think before they reform, like, recreate themselves. And also, mind you, it could be, a, like... I agree that there needs to be some kind of public, like actual like government public safety, you know, 
officers. Whether we call it police or something else, I think a lot of people are willing in highlighting that we don't want to call it police because we don't want these same organizations to persist. Yeah. We don't want the same. We want to reimagine the function so we we can all call them police, which is fine. I mean, you know, they haven't always been called police. <laughs> that they they weren't always called police. So there there could be called something else too. But yeah, slave that's catchers. Yeah, slave catchers. And in other in other cases, like other things though, right? Like in villages, throughout the millennia, the various millennia, like they had other names. Um, I think you would still need to change the power structure before like who hires these new police. I would need that person to be someone who's actually rep, like represents the people and not represents some elite interest. Who's like, you know, in the, in the most micro example, I'm not even talking about New York real estate money or anything, you know, X village, like can't say Camden village. I would not want it to be like whoever's in charge of whoever owns the biggest hardware store in Camden funds, you know, funds the whoever's elected to the mayor of Camden and then that mayor just appoints people whose job it is to protect that hardware store at everyone else's expense. So I would say like we still need to sort out campaign finance like money and politics on a local level. And we would probably still need to rehabilitate everyone who was part of that organization previously. And help them help them reduce the amount of like yeah, I guess in, in insanity that they've yeah meeting with but that's really interesting to look that up yeah look that up but yeah police don't need all this money like oh oh my god there's a helicopter that's literally there all the time i'm like how expensive is that you don't need a damn helicopter same last night they were out all all over my building like they always yeah it's i'm like who's paying for it we were paying for it for some yeah we don't need that um in surveillance and a lot of i kind of want to switch gears really quick yeah Yeah, let's switch which is a quick it's a quite a gear switch because okay. I want to know about your app, Ritual. Oh, Ritual. Yeah, Ritual is cool. So I, um, we launched only a few months ago. Uh, it's with a small team. One of our founders, Matt Bloom, is a social psychologist at Notre Dame and has been studying well-being for decades. And uh, we, yeah, so we started using a lot of his research, which is all about like how essentially people have a variety of well-being needs at any given time. So let's say you're stressed at work could be because you are, you just need to be more relaxed and mindful. Maybe you need to like meditate or something, or it could be because you are having trouble getting along with your coworkers. And so you need some kind of like meditation might not be the thing there. you might need like some kind of social practice that like help you understand the perspectives of others, help you understand yourself in relation to others. Um, or maybe you have the wrong job. Maybe you have the wrong career and that's why you're stressed out. <laughs> How do you discover that? Like not necessarily through a five minute breathing exercise, but maybe through some like exploration of your identity or your vocation or like your calling. Um, so we, we offer or, or what we're kind of trying to do is help people figure out what they need and then offer audio practices in the, that address the full spectrum of well-being needs. Um, not just relaxation, but like, but you know, all that social practices uh, also working in inside of what people are familiar with in their, in their, like the traditions people are familiar with. So, we're working with, with uh, religious practices as well, religious, secular, more scientific practices, but trying to meet people where they're at in their lived experience. And so we, we partner up with, um, with experts in someone who we, would con- who we vet and would consider an expert in some particular well-being practice or tradition. And, uh, and we produce audio, like 10-minute guided practices with them. So uh, 
we've got we just started we have a lot uh we have maybe 50 now i can't get we, we have a new series each, each week so I, however many weeks we've been doing stuff we have them um or a little more than that we just did a, an interview with steve kerr this past week from the warriors um so he's going to be on the platform uh talking about actually talking about activism and stuff because he's been active in the bay for a while and then we have this this a series coming out with are y'all familiar with alex l she's a yeah, I think a poet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's she's co-producing a series with us on our platform. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and it's, it's gonna be good. It's like I think it's gonna be journaling, like daily journaling, uh, for well-being. So again, like kind of moving away from just like only meditation or only breathing or whatever, only relaxation. It's like sometimes you don't. Sometimes you need a journal. You need to write things out. And so we have her, uh, who's she's gonna offer that. Uh, it's 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 if you look on the app now, it's it's a pretty white app. A lot of the experts are at least. Uh, white passing um which is i guess born out of like two two of my co-founders are white and they're i'm responsible for the product for the, the tech so a lot of the partnerships have been people that like came have been you know in, in their circles for a while um that's changing now we have we're having we're also yeah we're bringing on a lot of people who were who were you know skin folk kin folk all that but are uh, experts in speaking to black women yeah i was well, gonna I, say <laughs> audio yeah 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 i mean we can talk uh it's definitely yeah yeah we're we'll, we'll, we'll definitely talk we'll definitely talk but um <laughs> Shut it. i'm fucking with you i'm not a professional no nah, but i'm, nah, I'm crazy I'm, shit I, uh we're professional black women mouth. no we are professional black women mouth. but i'm saying like i may be like Go up in there and just fuck shit up in your <laughs> office. <Right. laughs> and then just gonna be like, I got oh fired. Yeah. That app. <laughs> now I'm gonna sue. Yeah, he definitely. Yeah, that's a concern. <laughs> like, oh. Tell your boss he can suck your dick. <laughs> with a New York accent, suck my dick. <laughs> oh my God. At the protest, whenever oh. they go, NYPD suck my dick. That's probably the funniest thing. To that me. shit is hilarious. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm so I, I got over, I was. Yeah, I got over that one after a while because, you know, I'd also been marching for some time now, like in other protests, but mainly because I started looking at the pieces and was like, yo, these are the overseers. Like, they're not the masters. And I'm, it's not that I, I think they're in the right and it's wrong to say mean things to them. It's definitely not wrong to say mean things. I mean, you know, everyone has a First Amendment, so you should be able to say whatever you want. But at a certain point, I started feeling like that was distracting me from like what was actually occurring, which is that like, I don't really care if they're individually racist. Some of them are, some of them aren't. They have a racist job, and the organization is like structured. But anyway, I'm, I'm now I'm backsliding into the. I think I might chant like, "You need a therapist." That's How was your one. upbringing as a child? <laughs> Wait, can I just tell you guys something really, really quick before? Yeah. Like, what would you do? Okay. Yes. So my partner's little cousin and I texted, and none of you biatches responded. My partner's little cousin is a part of the Secret Service. Mm. And he oh, I did not see that text. Yeah, and like he's young. He deleted he it. Was, That's what happened. He's, she sent it to you, but he deleted it. The whole time. He was so excited about it. Like he got all these awards. And of course now, he was actually placed at the White House. Mm. And he is just dealing with, struggling with so much because he's like, of course I'm on the side of like the protesters. But like, you know, they're screaming and yelling in my face. And like, I don't necessarily, I don't want to fuck up his shit, but <laughs> um, you know, he, it's his job yeah. to protect. I'm sorry. Um, 
And so I know people are like, there's no such thing as a good cop. And he's not a cop. But I, I am an, em, too empathetic. But I do feel for like, I don't know. I mean, I you should you should that. feel for them though, right? Like, that's part of the... <laughs> like, we, like, I know this person. He's not... Yeah. Ra- like. He's a human being. No, no I He's know, but like, and, 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 I, and I don't want to come for him, but like, is that like his dream in life? Like as a To be a part career? of the Secret Service? Yeah. But why? Why do you want to be a part of the Secret Service? The Secret Service is... Because he was told different things than what you were told. You know, he was told that it was good. Like many of us in this country are told these things are good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so people like, you know, it ain't, it ain't that complicated. Like he was told... <laughs> this is a great thing to do. This brings honor to you and your family and the country and it's good. And so do it. And you were told different things. And so you didn't, you know, you did the things that you were told and I did the things. And that don't I, be judgy, miss. You work at Facebook. <laughs> I don't want to be, I don't want to be judgy. Yo, I'm, trying judgy. To, I'm trying to get out. I'm trying to get some coins. So I can you could quit tomorrow if you want to, if you hate the system that bad. But I'm saying like, he had to work up to <laughs> going into that role. And so like, that's a lot of like time and dedication, no? Yeah, it is. But so I think I think this is a good this is like a I'm not good. like I want to be the yeah. next Mark Zuckerberg. No. But, I just need some money right now. <laughs> sure. Well, you could have went other ways about getting your money. Here's right? a question. That's does fair. Matter, does it are we are we trying to evaluate whether he is good or or less good or more? No, we're not trying to evaluate. I think whether the he's thing good. that just it just popped up into my mind because I was like, yeah. it was hilarious when people were like, NYPD suck my dick. In fact, I was yeah. saying it, and yeah. then like I did like I, and there's a lot of like cop propaganda going on of like a lot of propaganda you know, like there. the cops kneeling, hugging like, people, the, the cops yeah. saying Black Lives Matter and like whispering it. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. I don't know what I'm I'm just saying I'm having like an internal battle because yeah. I do I'm an empathetic person. Those are people too. Right. I think we have to distinguish between someone being again this brings me back to like, I guess what I, my concerns about Kamala is that I don't think people in things that whole trajectory. Someone can be a worthy human being um and be in, be in the wrong functionally without us getting into whether they are like have done bad like I, I maybe they've done bad maybe some things are just it's so extreme that you're like fuck you like you know working for ice for instance working for border patrol like right. at a certain point like but again we should also understand the process that you've gone through you went through a process you thought was good and then you became dehumanized through it like you lost a lot of your, your humanity and that's why i say they need to be rehabilitated because they are still humans under it but like you know who will your cousin be in five years, if he remains in that role, it could, he could end up being, you know, more brutal in five years. If this persists, right. That doesn't make him not worthy. He did like, or whatever, like he did the decisions that he thought was right. Um, And that even, honestly, that even applies to white cops who grew up, you know, pledging allegiance to the flag. And they, their mindset was like, America is the peacekeeper of the world. And, you know, America is the place of land of the free home of the brave. To us, it doesn't make sense because we weren't raised that way. I was raised in con- contrary to that. I was raised like the CIA is a terrorist group. The CIA overturned <laughs> both of my parents' countries, you know? So I'm like, all right, like that's how, that's why I'm looking at the world. But my perspective is not the only perspective. I still think my perspective is correct. 
but it doesn't mean that someone is a monster for having been raised in a different perspective. It means that like functionally, like I don't stand with them. I think they must come to my side as opposed to me coming to their side. But as a human, like you're right. I think I, I personally think you're right to feel empathy for him and to, and to recognize that like that cop you're yelling at or whatever is a human too. Doesn't mean you need to like, but sometimes where, where things get hairy in my view is with the copaganda or with, with the, you know, but there are people too with that. Then we say, because they are people who are worthy of our empathy and our sympathy and our love and compassion, because of that, we should not try to dismantle the system where it's like, yeah, I mean, you ever seen like two kindergartners and, and one takes the toy of the other? Of is one, in that case, one is right and the other is wrong, correct? Like mm-hmm. you should not have taken the toy of the other. But is it like you, kindergartner, five-year-old, you're the worst, you, you ain't shit. I, I don't care about your opinions. I don't care that you're crying. Like, no, th- that kid is worthy. He's in the wrong, but he's a human. And it's right to feel compassion for what he's going through. You still need to re-educate him and be like, you know, here's why you can't take this from other people. Or, or even if he's like, I don't agree with you, and I'll never agree. He's like, okay, fine. Don't agree, but you have to sit on that side of the room now because you can't, you're not, compa- you're, what you're doing is not compatible with the well-being of the others. Right. I could debate this for yeah. quite some time, but um, Why it's doom and gloom. we've got our last segment. Okay. It's called, What Would You Do? Okay. Inspired by the City High song. You could sing if you like. <laughs> you've got a voice on you. All right. Um, well, you can sing. But yeah. He's, he's a musician. Yeah. I'm a musician. So would you like to sing? Could you sing this? What would you do? I would rather not. <laughs> 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 you know black people put you on the spot you say oh. you could sing you tell right. you to sing I, I didn't even Let's see it. You gotta, you gotta I did ready. I really did I didn't show up like, on the show like hey y'all hey y'all I sing <laughs> <laughs> oh. alright well, well we'll cut it um, but oh I have to sing it our, I'm supposed to sing it no 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 no, oh. no, no, no you're fine okay. it's also it sounds kind of shitty on zoom I'm not gonna lie what would you do yeah how does everyone know that song so no well? everybody knows it even everyone knows it everybody. um even even the whites um <laughs> shout out to city high um okay so this person writes i don't have a name i've got dear bgt hope you ladies are well given the circumstances i'm a black 25 year old woman dating a white man It has been an interesting couple of weeks with him. We do discuss race, but living in a big city and just moving through life, it hasn't felt as harsh as it has to be with him. Mm. I'm starting to question if I can stay with him. I feel a bit guilty that I'm not with a black man. And I feel a bit crazy thinking that, but it's true. (laughs) Have any of you ever dated interracially? Do you feel like my feelings are extreme? I don't have many people to talk to about this. So I figured I could be honest Mm. here. Let me know what you ladies think. Mm. And Dante, now you're in the mix too. I was just talking to a friend about this the other day. We were at a little gathering and she started crying in the midst of all of us. And she was just saying it's been so hard. And she she said he's been being like wonderful, Mm -hmm. but I think this brought to light like larger issues that they've been having since they've been Mm -hmm. dating and just realizing that she can't fuck with a lot of people in his life and Mm -hmm. a lot of shit. I don't know. She couldn't really come to it like and I like I don't know. She didn't figure out what she wanted to do. She knows she still loves him. <sighs> mm. 
Yeah. I don't know. I've never dated interracially, so I really can't speak on it. On you fucked interracially. Yeah, but you know, that's different. That's, they come and go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. All you right. thought about it, though. <sighs> That was, that was you, she's Not more than sorry. She's been on this talking about White King. <laughs> Wait, I'm so glad I said that now. <laughs> it's, 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 it's published. Oh, okay. oh, my oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I have to say that that is in jest. That is satire. <laughs> it was a joke. Oh my god! <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, Dante used to say we're looking for our White Kings. <laughs> no, no, no! Not we, y'all. Hi, <laughs> please. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know, girl. I've dated a white man. That was interesting. Oh, yeah, you did long term. How I do you did. think it would be during this time? I don't know. I've actually seen him like on Instagram posting a lot, you know, on his ally shit. Um, I don't know, though. I do understand that sentiment of feeling guilty for being with a white man. Like, mm. I get how that may feel mm. like a little off. I don't mean, I don't think that means like you necessarily like now have to be with a black man. But I guess if there's doubt there, then there's something underlying that maybe you don't feel maybe that confident in like what you guys have. And if right. it's not like a, situation that you want to continue to pursue understand it from a perspective of like why do i have these sentiments aside from him just being white mm. yeah but that's, that's a too. tricky one you can find a really dope white man maybe your white man's not that dope i don't know no i think <laughs> yeah because of course it's going to be super tense right now but i wouldn't be surprised if you weren't already feeling away before this one of my friends said he can't touch his girlfriend right now. Whoa, why? She's Whoa. White. Oh, yeah. fuck. That's... Oh wait, wait, wait. Dante, have you seen Slave Play? We all have. I have not seen Slave Play. But I, do you know the... Do you dick white women, Dante? I, wait, which, let me answer Slave Play first. <laughs> no, I haven't heard of it. First, I don't watch too many plays. Um... I should watch more plays. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fair. Play. It was like a big thing. Every time, it was like a every time thing. Glenn a makes a play, face, right? I'm like, I should probably. I should probably take <laughs> like, let me change my. Answer. Like, yeah, I'm like, damn, I, I'm fucking up. Check it out. You got that real? You fucking up face. What you, that, 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 tilt. Yeah, the tilt, the tilt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should, maybe I should check it out, but I guess I just I know it was provocative. I wasn't sure if it was some shit that was gonna piss me off, to be honest. Um, yeah. So I was like, maybe I shouldn't watch this, but. Uh, do I date white women? Yeah, I've dated white women before. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I I I definitely resonate with the challenges. You know, you know, especially at a time like now. Yeah, like you gotta like be like, damn, you know, are they really with me? With me, you know, like they're with me, but like if I'm for my people, are they really like there? And um. And I definitely, I'm definitely familiar with the glares you get when you walk through, you know, walk into a restaurant and you sit down and you see some black women look at you like, damn, really with her? Um, I call it the agenda. The agenda. <laughs> Why? Why? What's the agenda? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, yeah. I've, I've been noticing that a lot of commercials lately 
have been having like interracial. I peeped oh. too. Was they got a cash for commercial ads. like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. something that's being pushed, and and like obviously you fall in love with whoever you fall in love with, but I feel yeah. like there's an agenda. The okay, sister Chelsea. Maybe I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, I I think I I kind of come back to like love is love thing. Like people make a lot of bad decisions when they fixate on a race. So like. I'm also familiar with like black men making terrible decisions around choosing a partner when they're fixated on like, I need a white woman because it's like a status thing for me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they'll like, like that's a bad source. They just a really bad source of like how to start a relationship. And likewise, I've seen people make bad decisions being like, I need to go back to my own race. I need to like, and, you know, essentially fetishizing their own race and, um, and then making bad decisions about starting a relationship like on that end too. So I'll kind of feel you know, to the person, the listener who sent y'all that question, I'm like, I can see that person making a mistake and being like, I'm gonna break up with my white boyfriend and then just get the, the nearest black dude who seems legit. I'm like, uh, you could go wrong that way too. Ultimately, like the person you're with has, to, if you're with someone who you trust and respects you and supports you and all that, um, I mean, a lot can be conquered there from that point on. For me, at this point, I think I would find it difficult to have a real relationship, like a substantive relationship with anybody who I, is not down for the cause in this way, black or white or Latina or, I mean, Latinas overlap, but Asian, anything. Like if they're not down for, if, if, if they're not interested in this kind of thing, then I'm like, it's going to be difficult because that's where my head is at a lot of the time. But Dante, I want to push back a little bit because of the listener letter specifically yeah what if it's not your partner Mm. but it's the people in your partner's life yeah that's a big like their family their friends etc in particular friends would be a thing right like family you can't choose you have to and and then it it depends like sometimes the family really yeah i think that there are real things that can disrupt relationships and a lot of us want to have like the romeo juliet like fuck it's us, us versus the world Sometimes that's possible. Sometimes people are like, you know what? My family sucks and my friends suck. Let's go. Let's move. We're, we're out of here. Let's just start a new life and we're not going to deal with them. If that's possible for a pair, that's cool. But for most people, that's not what they're going to do. So I, I don't know. I mean, if, if it's the, the value, the, the weight of the relationship really has to outweigh the struggle of being with that person's family and friends. And in particular, friends because they chose them. And so it's like, are they going to re-educate their friends if their friends are saying racist things or even microaggressing, which like, you know, microaggressing at work sucks. But really, what really sucks is like when you go home and you get microaggressed, that's, I don't know how to deal with that. So yeah, that, that seems like a legitimate obstacle (laughs) to say the least. I don't really know. I, to me, I would, you know, yeah, I would be like, no, I'm not interested. Like people are individuals, but they also come with a crowd and you have to be down for that crowd too yeah um so yeah i don't know i think uh i don't think i could date someone who had a bunch of racist friends you know put simply yeah not a good look no yeah i mean you're young I mean, maybe this is a time that y'all can have some, like, difficult conversations and, that's true. like, confront some shit that has been underneath yeah. the surface this whole yeah. time in your relationship. Because you could yeah. have been asking yourself these same questions in the beginning of your relationship. Yeah, that's like, a good point. You know? You could, oh, I don't know. 
you also like kind of grow into yourself and your identity as a black person. Mm. It takes time. Like when I was dating this white guy, I was like not the shade I am today. Mm. So I don't know if I would have dated him as I am now. Great Mm. guy, but I don't know if that was a choice that I would have necessarily made. And that's not anything on his family or his views. It's just like, do I want to do this? I don't know. I'm leaning. I'm rooting for everybody black as of late. I'm really leaning <laughs> towards that. But I don't know. Were y'all seeing all those like loving posts? Cause it, yeah, uh, yeah, so long. Yes, it made me think of that. How'd you feel about it? I don't know why I didn't like it at first. I felt bad. Same. Oh my I God, so same. Bad. I was like, I don't care about this. I know I felt really bad and then I was and then I had to be like okay now that's fucked up like I I, right because you know you it's always come back to like Mm -hmm. where you are and like I'm like okay I have a very mixed family and I know that this is like a this is you know this is a beautiful thing but I think at first I was very averse to it and I don't know if that's just because I'm getting deep into my like hotepery but (laughs) well I just know that there are many black people who have chosen I'm not saying all, so please don't misquote me, trolls. But there are many Black people who have chosen white partners Mm -hmm. because they've been brainwashed to think that whiteness is better and you want your kids to have long hair and you want your kids to be light-skinned and you want whatever the case is. And you may not vocalize it, but it comes out in conversations in different ways. Yeah. (laughs) Dante, we're talking about this, or I told you I had a light-skinned face. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, light dating light skinned dudes. I mean, didn't I we all? One too. Like that was the cute boys on TV. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Sometimes. I don't know. I'm, I think um, there's with like the loving the loving uh, court decision or whatever, um, and loving day. Uh, those laws like defined us as less than human. And generally speaking, when someone says, oh, yeah, you know, I like black people, but like I wouldn't date one. When you, mm-hmm. Even though here in this crew, I'm hearing like, eh, we ain't trying to date white people. But when we hear someone else say it, I wouldn't date black people, we don't like it. And we don't like it for different reasons than why we say it. Because we tend to say it, but like, we don't want to date them because like, you know, they're not really supportive of us. And we want to try to support our ch- each other and keep it going, keep the culture going, et cetera. But when we hear them say it, often it's like, ah, it's because you don't really think we're quite, quite human. You know what I mean? Like especially in an American context where it literally it says all humans were created equal. So like anytime you're not equal, just look at the math, like you ain't human. Right. And so there's part of it is like that when y'all exclude us, when white people exclude us from romantic partnerships or family partnerships on that, on that level, it's like, it's, it, it feels like we, we, we don't haven't gained the respect as humans even. And um, that that is a, a blow to one's self-esteem and to someone's racial self-esteem. At the same time, when we win that when we win that that battle, and then some people are saying like, and then the people are interested in us sexually, romantically, you know, family, like partnership-wise, it can feel like okay, they actually see us. They finally really see us as equals and humans, and like, you know, there's no talk of bloodlines or anything. We're just people, human human beings. You know, color doesn't matter. But when, so like that feels, that can feel good. And then when someone celebrates it a bit, we start to think like, wait, or we're celebrating this decision or we're like hyping up interracial things. And we're like, 
are we now addicted to their like acceptance of us? And is that, how, is that where we're getting our esteem from? Is like, oh, they, it comes from them. <laughs> and that shit can feel, and I think that's like, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's a vein of that. And when we see these things and we react poorly to them, we're like, ah, why are we so eager to be seen by them of all people? Why can't we just be seen by each other and valued by each other and that be enough? Yeah. I think that definitely is a part of it. Like, why can't you see two black people and that be so amazing? I don't know. Like to me, like, yeah. What is it supposed to be proving? Like, look, they like us. It happened. Yeah. Like why, why? I don't, I don't get it. Yo, when I was in college, I was hooking up with this white man who was like the frat guy, like the guy on (laughs) campus. And people were losing their fucking minds. They were like, him and Sade are like a thing. Right. And now in retrospect, I think about it, it was because it was like, look, he's talking to a black person. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like that's fucking crazy. I yeah. remember in high school, the like cute white boy, like the one that all the girls liked, liked me and we were hooking up. And one girl was like, oh, Cameron loves chocolate. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And then, and then that, so that's, so to me, when, when that, those moments happen, that's when the, the thing that you thought was acceptance was like revoked. It was like, oh no, now it's not, he, that, now it's not. It's like a pardon. A white, right, exactly. A white person sees black people as human. It's no, he likes chocolate. Yeah. So it's like, they're trying to take that back. This is like constant like tug of war. And it's like a game. If we're being honest, we're also playing that game of like, because the fact that it hurts you to say, you know, to, to hear, oh, he likes chocolate is that, it's it's a rejection of the notion that he could just see you as human and that that's mm-hmm. valuable um that someone else sees you as human and when we see celebrities sometimes it's always a mixed reaction right we're like oh the celebrities dating the, the interracial couple whatever especially a few years ago like five ten years ago and we would there would be like some moment of celebration and some moment of wait are this person, this person leaving the race like it's celebration in that like cool this high status white person has accepted a black partner and meaning they must see black, black people as equal and they're signifying to all their followers that black people are their, their true natural equals. But then you look at the black person and you're like, wait, but that now or is that black person copping out? You know, are they leaving the race? I remember Robin, remember Robin Thicke was dating, what's her name? Um, Paula Patton. Paula Patton. It was like, Robin, props to Robin Thicke for dating a black woman. But then, you know, Paula Patton, does she only date white men? Does she not, right. does she not value us too? Or does she, does she only seek the validation of white people? It, we're injecting, I mean, to be honest, we're injecting a lot into what is ultimately like a interpersonal, <laughs> you know, two right. human beings just figuring shit out. But yeah. that's how it is with race. We have to like look at symbols and try to like make meaning of them. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's tough. All dicks matter. <laughs> oh, shit. <shut up. laughs> okay, so but some you, the, the last... Like- Wait, um, I don't want to think about this. Um, you said it's ahead. tough, Dante, right? And you hung your head a little bit. There was a brow touching. So I'm thinking about <laughs> Chelsea saying the doom and gloom. Maybe we can close this out with mm. notes of like something we're looking forward to yeah, or feeling. Um, okay, Glenn. I don't know. Optimistic about. I, I can't go first, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm optimistic. I feel like this moment is kind of a portal. Um, just what I've been trying to lean into it. I think um, 
I, I do think awareness is spreading of a lot of things. I think people are realizing things very quickly. Some of it is gloomy, but it's, it's just really the two always come together in my view. You know, even the, the COVID pandemic has been brutal. You know, people have, so many people have died. I've had family members die. Um, and it's always exposed a lot of bad things, but it's also exposed, exposed a tremendous amount of self-reliance of communities. People actually, strangely enough, in the absence of the federal government providing any leadership, there's been a lot of people providing for each other in this moment. And so I, I really do see a lot of beauty in that. You know, I see a lot of, a lot of that. And with these, with these pro- protests, with these marches, I feel, I feel very good about them. Partly because, it, it, I mean, a bit, the big part is I'm like, finally, you know, the things we've been talking about for hundreds of years, just, it seems like there's a bigger audience. And it seems like our own people are revitalized. But also people are just learning to have a civic voice. You, I mean, you out here, you pass, you pass by, even outside the protests, I remember biking through Brooklyn yesterday, on a, or yeah, yesterday on a big uh, bike protest two days ago. And we're biking through these neighborhoods and people are coming out on their stoop and yelling all the protest chants. And little kids, no justice, no peace. You know, no. And then some of the protest chants are the, um, my favorite ones. Like, we keep, you know, who keeps us safe? We keep us safe. It is our duty to struggle, to fight for our freedom. It is our duty to win. Like, these are civic mantras that people are developing. And that to me is incredible, you know. I always used to look at Europe, like Spain and Italy and all that. Like, man, you take anything these people, they shut the whole country down. You try to cut their benefits, they'll, they'll be, you know, they're straight up punching cops. In the, like the firefighters will punch cops in the face and be like, no, well, you're not holding the They don't have guns. That's they don't have guns. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> but they're like, and, and, and the cops often will join the protest and be like, no, nah, we should all get rights too. Fuck it. And so there's like civic, I mean, I'm envisioning a, a city in New York. I was telling my dad yesterday, I was like, where now I'm seeing all the bikes. I'm like biking everywhere. Everyone's biking everywhere. I, like I'm envisioning a city where there's green energy and we can kayak through the rivers. You know what I mean? And there's like public kayak programs. Everybody just parks everywhere. Or we can make this on the commune. And we'll turn the city into a commune. You should start a commune here. But here's the... Th- oh, the city's already fucked. But okay. Okay. But I'm, We're being I'm optimistic. Just saying, I'm just We're being optimistic. And, and, and yeah, sure. Why can't we expand to land? I don't know. I'm seeing... I, I just see a good future. I, it could, things could go poorly. Things could go incredibly poorly. But that's not news to me that things could go terribly wrong. We've always known things could go terribly wrong. So there's nothing. It's just, if, you know, if, if I start dying, I'll know because <laughs> I'll be fucking dying. Like if, if the city floods, then you'll know we're fucked because the city's flooded. But like, I just see a lot of a big moment for change. And it's a, it's a good, it's a good time to be a dreamer right now. It's a really good time to be a dreamer. Damn, that was beautifully put. I know. I know. Damn. I don't know. I think I'm optimistic about a lot of the things that you said. I feel like it's like a, a change is coming. I think I'm most optimistic and ugh, I feel like I'm going to get dragged, but like for mm-hmm. myself, just learning about myself and like through yeah. this whole journey of like relearning, understanding, like getting back into like my history. And, and, and I don't think I've ever taken the time to do that. And I think that as an individual, the only way that I feel that I can really contribute to progress is by like really having a firm understanding of, of who I am. And that includes mm. like my forefathers. That includes just like understanding government. I'm like, I don't know how none of this shit works. I need to figure that out first. But I'm optimistic through like learning that and having these types of conversations that will be able to like cultivate a better future. Um, and I feel that a lot of us, especially within our generation, have really gotten like lost in the sauce of a lot of shit that it doesn't matter. 
Mm. I like had to sit with myself and be like, what makes me happy? And when I realized like what makes me happy is like my community, my family, I was like, oh, all this other shit doesn't matter. And it like completely threw me for a loop, but it was like the best loop that I could be thrown for. And I think when I say the commune, I'm like joking and it's in jest, but I really would love to have a space that is like a truly black space that hasn't been like raped and pillaged and abused by colonialism, imperialism, and people just trying to overthrow a space out of greed because that is where we fucked everything up. This like greed and desire for more, 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 more when like what we have is sufficient. Like we have food and water and one another, Mm -hmm. then what else? You don't need all that other shit. And that's where we got fucked up. No, 100% Shade. I would kind of piggyback on that. I think I'm feeling optimistic about the, my relationships mm. and the, the people that I'm attracting into my life right now. And I love how you said we got each other. Like, I feel like I'm taking, when I take stock of who's around me, these are the people that should be here. And even in this time, like, you know, the people that you've thought to reach out to at this time, the people that you've had like really important conversations with at this time, it's like cementing that those are the folks that you need. Yeah. And it feels good. Chelsea. Yeah. Um, two things I'm optimistic about. One is Black love. I think... I knew it! It's <laughs> been really special for me and my partner, my friends who are in partnerships, um, just, like, really talking about, like, family planning and how we would want to raise our children and, like, thinking about it in a way that I had never thought about it before. Um, And in addition, the youth, like going out and seeing how many young people are out there, like that to me makes me feel optimistic because I'm just like, okay, well, eventually maybe all the racist people will die off. And like this new generation of kids, like they're civic minded. They, they are interested in, thinking outside of themselves and thinking about issues that may not affect them, but they want to do something and like, Mm. maybe that'll be the come the norm. So I am definitely optimistic about young people. Mm. I like that. Young people are leading this whole shit too. I'm grateful for y'all. I mean, y'all out here that, you know, really making shit, you know, making your voice heard and, and creating a platform. I think that's like a few years ago, that wouldn't be so and doing many other things in your life. Right. Like, it wouldn't be so easy to do that a few years ago and you wouldn't see these things happening as much. We talk about, you got, we, we were talking about leaders before, right? Like, does there have to be one central leader? Like y'all are literally like creating your voices and becoming leaders. And um, there are many others too, just who are doing that as well. It's not, you know, you, y'all are not alone in that. There's, you have many, many, many peers who are starting to voice, voice things out. That's, that's incredible to me. That's very hopeful. Um, well, Glenn, do you want to tell them about the last oh segment? God, that's so nice because we can just pay it back to you. Um, <laughs> our final segment is: Are we gonna go with black guy doing shit? I need black man, black yeah. boy. That just feels like <laughs> you I don't can't be girls and they get to be men. Yeah, okay. but you know, but like boy like, got some bad, got some negative connotations. It's not, okay. yeah, boy, I don't like that. <laughs> this right, is right, our I black man. Let's do black man. Okay, right. Okay, so usually we have a segment called Black Girl Doing Shit, and we interview yeah. people and we celebrate them. But since we have a, a man with us, I'm right. gonna twist it. You're our black man doing shit. Okay. 
and we just want to celebrate you and thank you for joining us for sharing your thoughts um i think with something i heard when you're speaking was like your heart like you you Mm -hmm. lead with your heart you speak with your heart you're of the people for the people and it's beautiful and so important and we appreciate it um thank you yeah this is great Um, as always y'all know the drill slide up in the dms black girls texting hello at black girls texting got questions comments concerns i'm sure people are gonna have a lot of thoughts on this episode so excited for it to get released and the people to hear about what you're doing and check out ritual underscore i oh this is off the dome so correct yeah yeah that's it ritual underscore io on instagram okay on instagram or just ritual being in the app store Okay, cool. Um, and check out the Funky Love. Uh, we'll be doing more stuff, yeah. more activism under that. It's like, I mean, I'll, 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 ta- I'll send y'all the tag and stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah please been, do. We have been laying low for a while. And then uh, it's like an art activism collective that we, we started a few years ago. And then in the resurgence of what's happening now, we've just been um, doing a lot of organizing, leading some things out, in, especially in Brooklyn. But yeah, there'll be more to come on that. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Right, y'all. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it.